Hello and welcome to Let's Talk with Bishop R.C. Blakes. R.C. is an author, empowerment teacher, and the proud pastor of the New Home Ministries of New Orleans, Louisiana, and Houston, Texas. His message circles the globe. His conversational and candid approach to challenging content makes him a relevant voice to all generations. Get ready for a life-changing transformational conversation. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! This is R.C. Blakes and of course I'm so excited to be able to welcome you to a brand new year. I look forward to all that we will experience together in this year. I, I prayerfully hope, hope to get a chance to meet a lot of you across the nation and the world. But I thought to start out with my uh, first um, conversation with you of this year, I want to talk about the root. What is the root to your relational or your relationship problems? <clears throat> What's the root? What's at the base of why you continue to attract toxic people, toxic men, toxic women? Why? Why, why is your testimony always that you got another narcissist or you have another controller or you got another manipulator? What is it that's going on? What is at the root of these poor relationship choices? Well, the reason you keep, I believe, <clears throat> The reason you continue to fall into the wrong relationships, and I want you to hear me because I get, um, I get you know, this sort of email quite a lot. There are a lot of you who say, well, why, why am I always attracting? Why, why are all of, the, all of the men that seem to show up or pop up in my life, why are all of these men narcissists? egomaniacs, why are all of these guys toxic manipulators? And I believe with all of my heart, the reason you keep falling into the wrong relationships is because of brokenness. Now that's a, that's a word we throw around a lot, you know, a lot of folk use it and don't really even have a clue as it pertains to what that word uh, you know, what that phrase or that term or that concept really means. Well, when one is broken, it means that one has been disconnected from her um, consciousness. In other words, circumstances, situations or whatever, life has broken you emotionally and spiritually and sometimes even physically to the point that you no longer have any handle on who you are, what you're worth. And when your brokenness, you know, when this happens, uh, when your brokenness happens, by whatever means, it opens the heart. And this is how the wrong people, I'd like to say it this way actually, the wrong spirits can enter into your life 
and steer you from the inside into things you otherwise would avoid were you in a healthy, balanced place. When your brokenness has not been processed properly, you remain open for things that are not profitable for you. And the thing about brokenness is, it's, it's a weird, and I'm no mental health professional, please let, let me say that immediately. You, you'll notice in the description that there's a link for better health counseling that you may use because I'm not a mental health professional. <clears throat> but one thing I've, I've, I've noticed about broken people is that there's this tendency to attempt to mend the infraction or the break with the very thing or things that broke you. So if it, if it was a man that broke you, 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 you seek out a man to fix you. And the sad reality is because you're broken, your, your perception, your perspective is skewed. And so many times you're, you're looking at another man to fix what one man did, but you're looking at the same kind of man with the same profile. Now, <clears throat> you must face, at some point, you're going to have to face your trauma. And you're going to have to recognize your triggers to adjust your temperament. You see, it's your temperament that um, opens the door for these people to come into your life. But the only way you can shift your temperament, your, your psychology, your approach to life, you know, how you live, how you function, how you behave, the only way to adjust your behavior is to first go back and to face your trauma and then to recognize and label your triggers. Because if you don't face your trauma and, and label or recognize your triggers, you will always fall into the same temperament, the same behavior. But quite often, they are distant experiences that have created a default temperament within us. And you know what the default is. It's, you know, it's like when your computer, you put a lot of stuff on your computer <clears throat> and maybe you get some bugs on your PC or whatever. And then, you know, you have to, you, 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 you got stuff all out of order. Well, many times it's recommended that you reset the computer to the default. The factor is default. Well, when you've been traumatized, when you've been broken, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, dysfunctional default that is established it, it's it, it's made up of subconscious beliefs about your value and your worth it becomes your dysfunctional default you are you are subconsciously reacting to things that have been planted in your spirit long ago through uh, hurtful experiences and now those distant experiences are now serving 
to establish a dysfunctional default in you that you always go back to the same setting. You, you'll hear, you know, a message, you'll attend the conference, you'll have <clears throat> a meeting with your counselor or your therapist, and you say, okay, I'm going in this direction, but no sooner as the fire is turned up, you go right back to your dysfunctional default. And where did that come from? That's not just who you are. That's who you are conditioned to be. And most of you that are watching me are making relational decisions based on toxic dysfunctional conditioning. If you look in Proverbs 22 and 6, <clears throat> excuse me, it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I love this text, because what this text is telling us is that there are things that are put in us, even from childhood, that remain in us, you know, beneath the surface in almost a stealth-like position that rise to the occasion to direct our choices. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. Meaning what? It's a part of his or her psyche. Well, if that works in the positive, that also works in the negative. Your life, listen to this statement very carefully. Why do I continue to choose bad men? Why do I continue to choose poor relationships? Your life is informed by one of two things. Either your training or your traumas. You were either trained at the hands of people that loved you unconditionally and nurtured you and, um, you know, um, built you up, affirmed you, or you were traumatized by a world that only sought to use and abuse you. And your life, our lives are informed by one of those two things most of the time. And either creates a temperament or a default. You know, I have a default. <clears throat> I have a default. Um, though, I, though I am quite nervous many times at, you know, the proposition of stepping into new levels, doing new things, doing it bigger... Many times I'm very intimidated by that. Many times I am. But 99.9% .9 of the time, I'm going to always rise to the occasion. Fearful or not, apprehensive or not, 99% of the time I'm going to always rise to the occasion. Why is that? It was the training of my father who said to me from a young boy, you are king. Maybe not in those terms and probably in those terms, but he made me realize I was born into the world to do great things. He made me understand that I was designed to be a great man and that I would have great opportunities and I must always rise to the occasion. That's my default. So even when I'm shaking in my boots, I always step to the challenge. Because my de default 
was established by the training of my father. Now, most black men did not have that great benefit of having had a black father to be there to, to protect, to guide, to correct, and to build self-esteem in them. So there are a lot of people who did not have the training, but if you don't have the training, you will automatically get the trauma. And then the trauma establishes within you a default that says, what, I can't, I shouldn't. You develop this I am mentality, I am not mentality. You develop this I cannot mentality. Whereas the, the one that was trained develops a default of I can, I must, I will. But trauma leaves you saying, I can't, I can't, I'm not. Because your life is informed by one of these two things, training or trauma. So there are many of you that are looking at me right now who are sincerely asking the question with tears in your eyes, why do I continue to choose poor men? And I say to you, you know, it's no reflection on your intelligence. It's not even a reflection necessarily on your character. It's a reflection on the fact that more than likely you have a lot of healing to do that you have not engaged yet. And you've probably lived your life for the style of it, the lifestyle, rather than living a life that is substantive. You've not done your inner work, but you've tried to project, you know, some outward reality. Therefore, you find yourself in a bind right now, having had one failed relationship after another, because the Bible says, House that is built on, on sand cannot stand. Now let me give you these things. That was my little introduction, but let me give you these points. Number one, and again the question is why, why, do, why do you continue to attract toxic men? Number one, your so-called relationships were or are rooted in what you believe you deserve. We develop relationships based on what we believe we deserve. And it always boils down to that. We develop relationships based on what we believe we deserve. The impact of exposure, experiences, and indoctrinations in life have unknowingly established what you believe you deserve. You know, when I, when I challenge you, when I challenge you about the, the type thing, um, what I'm really asking you, you know, when I ask you to really rethink what is your type, what I'm really asking you is, what do you believe you deserve? Are you so... Are you so, and I want you to hear this, don't, don't tune me out, but I need you to hear this. Are you so shallow? Are you so um, unimportant that you can make a choice of something as serious as a relationship with a man purely based on his looks? 
All you deserve is a man that looks good? What about a man that has character? What about a man that is, is going to be loyal? What about a man that's going to be truthful? What about a man that's going to be a provider? What about a man that's going to be a safe place for you? What about a man that's going to be consistent? You see, the reason you keep going to looks, 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 looks is because subconsciously you don't realize you don't really believe you deserve that much. So you're not really asking for a husband. Because when you, when you believe you deserve a husband, you're going to simultaneously realize that I got to look deeper than the surface of a man because I cannot tell a man, I cannot determine a man to be a husband based on his exterior. I have to get into his interior. Because you will always generate outcomes that match what you believe you deserve. So whatever kind of man or woman you, 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 you putting up with now and tolerating and you yet complaining about them, the reality is you're putting up with it because that's what you honestly believe you deserve. Because there's what? Some brokenness there. And the Bible puts it this way in Proverbs 23 and 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Whatever you firmly believe in the subconscious regions of your mind, your soul, is what your life is going to consistently produce. And what happens is broken consciousness prevents you from knowing your worth. And so, if you don't believe you deserve that, see, a lot of, there are a lot of things you're saying out of your mouth that you want, confessions you're making, and I'm going to do this, and I deserve it, I'm a boss chick, and I'm a queen, and I'm supposed to have A, B, C, D, and E, and the reality is when A, B, C, D, or E shows up, you shrink. Because you've not really established that in your own mind. The writer said that the works of God are marvelous. But he says, that my soul knoweth right well. He was talking about himself and the creation of God in him. But he said, it's, it's established in my own soul. I believe I am worth everything the creator put in me but if you if you've not come to that place of enlightenment many times you're getting poor relational outcomes because you don't really believe you deserve better that's why you go from one abuser to another to another to another to another you go from one man that won't get or keep a job to another man that you got to take care of to another to another to another it's because you've not done the work to really dive deep enough to really explore a lot of that stuff from your past that is, is springing up now and revealing a dysfunctional default of yours. And that default many times is rooted in the fact that you don't believe you deserve better than you're getting. That's why you keep recreating these scenarios because you will always generate outcomes that match what you believe you deserve. So when you come to me and you say, well, 
you know, I've, I've been with an abusive man and I've been with him for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years and I just can't seem to break away. A lot of times that sounds like the man is holding you hostage when the reality is that the man is probably not holding you hostage as much as you're, you're held hostage between your ears because that man, though you complain about him, you believe that's what you deserve. There's a part of you that you're not aware of that believes that's what you deserve. That's why you stay with that. That's why you tolerate that. And that's why if you don't do your work, you will come out of this situation and go into another situation and it'll be the same situation all over again just with another person. So what's the root of this? Number two, it's rooted in your unhealthy desires. The reason you continue to attract and to produce these dysfunctional, toxic relationships is because it is rooted in your unhealthy desires. See, there's this thing that we just talked about called type that is largely rooted in lust. You see, when you don't have a, when you don't have a strong self-concept and when you've not done the work and you're not you know you're struggling with broken consciousness what happens is you begin to you begin to find your value or your uh, broken sense of worth through mediums of lust because lust numbs the senses and cancels the spirit. Why do you think music is so sexual? Well, it's the, the, the driving, you know, the engine behind most music is lust. Uh, why do you think today women literally wear nothing? I mean nothing. Just got something, you got something coming you from your neck to your feet, but we can see everything all through it. I don't, you know, there was a time that that kind of stuff was illegal, but now I guess you can walk the street with nothing on. Why is that? It's because an unconscious generation, an unconscious generation's default is lust. When you do not have a strong sense of value, you fall back on things that are sexual and lustful because lust numbs the senses and lust cancels the spirit. So when you say, that's my type, 99% of the time you're coming from a perspective of lust. You're not talking about, uh, you know, the enduring internal factors of the man's character. You're talking about his build. You're talking about, you know, y'all know, you know, you know what you're talking about. Now, in the moment, lust feels like, it can feel like love, and it can feel like everything you need and desire. But, but at the end of the day, lust is a tool used by the enemy to destroy people who are not connected spiritually and who are not conscious. If you go to James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, 
It says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Enticed. Watch verse 15. Then when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin, behavior that doesn't please God. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Lust always leads to destroying something. And your, your desires, if you really stop and think about, you know, your desires for a man, most of that stuff, most of your list is, is based in lust. Certain height, you know, you want him to wear a certain fragrance, you want him to be a certain uh, muscle, a certain fat percentage, you want him to make so, so much money. All of this stuff is carnal. All of this stuff is carnal. It's driven by what you see, what you touch, taste, smell, or hear. It's, it's, it's carnal. It's carnality. If you look at your list, you have very little, if anything, in there that really speaks to the core of the brother's character. And you're wondering why is it that you keep allowing toxic men into your world that only serve to break you. It's because of your unhealthy desires. It's because of your unhealthy desires. You know, um, most of the people that um, are dying from chronic disease in the United States of America are doing so because of an unhealthy palate in terms of diet. We eat worse probably than any country on the planet. We're bigger than most people. We have all of this, this, these heart conditions, all of this high cholesterol, all of this high blood pressure because of our palate. You got to, at some point, you have to change what you desire, what your taste is. Come on now. Maybe it ought not be what is your type as much as it should be what is your taste. Because until you change your taste, you're going to always desire. And if you keep desiring, you're going to always go after what you desire. And you're always going to get the outcomes that that particular thing produces. So it's not a great mystery why you continue to attract and entertain men that only serve to empty you, break you, and uh, fracture you. It's because... It's rooted in your unhealthy desires. Number three, it is rooted in compromised counsel. You keep making all of these bad relational choices because the great error most humans make is to give ear to counsel, watch this, on the level of your existence rather than listening for next level voices so you have you have a group of women none of which have a man nobody's married nobody's even engaged and you all sit around and counsel one another on how to deal with relationships and how to deal with men and then you wonder why all of y'all stay right there on the bottom of the experiences because you're trying to get counsel from people who don't have any more insight than you. 
A wise person does not look around for counsel. A wise person does not look down for counsel. A wise person looks up for counsel. You're looking for somebody that's on the next level. Single women should be looking for a happily, healthily married woman to talk to relative to what does it take to get a man? What does it take to keep a man? What does it take to be a wife? Instead of sitting around there in the bar, in the club, with a table full of drinks and all of y'all drunk, sharing relationship advice. What? Come on now. It's rooted in compromised counsel. You're getting your counsel from the wrong place. Y'all sitting around there, y'all may love one another. Come on, sisters and girlfriends and all that. Y'all may love one another, but y'all not fit to be around here counseling one another. Y'all not fit to be around here counseling one another. When most of this stuff that y'all doing, you, it amounts to nothing but booty calls. That's all it is. Any, any, any dude that swings through your house, you know, once or twice a week at a certain time, and he won't call you, never, uh, what is it, FaceTiming you, never checking on you, always on the same schedule, babe, that ain't no relationship trying to happen. You're a booty call. Listen to what the Bible says in Matthew 15, 14. Let them alone, they be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. If I'm broke and you broke, why are you giving me financial advice? Why am I giving you financial advice? But how many of you are sitting there letting your girlfriends tell you about how to handle a man, what, what she wouldn't take, what she wouldn't do, and many of you have had great men to pass through your lives and sat there and listened to all of that crazy stuff your girlfriends told you, and they sent you in there and caused you to ruin what was supposed to be a great situation, but you had compromised counsel. Your counsel has to come from someone that's on the next level. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs 28 and 11. It says, the rich man is wise in his own conceit, but the poor that hath understanding searcheth him out. Now let me paraphrase that. The rich man may be arrogant and may be uppity and may be difficult, but a poor man that has wisdom don't care nothing about that. He search, searches him out for his what? Counsel. You have to go, you have to seek counsel that's on the next level. If you want to make adjustments, see like some of you all are running from your mama, but your mama done had your daddy for 50 years now. You ain't had a man for five months. You running from mama's counsel because you don't like what she's telling you. And you run into your girlfriends because you like what they're telling you. You're constantly doing what they're telling you, but you're constantly hating the outcomes. Next level counsel is always going to be uncomfortable. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. Meaning anybody that's going to improve your life is going to, is going to cause sparks to fly sometimes. Some people say, well, you know, 
not a lot, but I've had people say, well, your tone is too hard. You know, you, 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 your tone is too hard. You, you triggering me. Well, you know, be quite honest with you. I'm no mental health specialist, but, or uh, expert, but sometimes you've got to be triggered to be challenged, to be changed. And sometimes when you, when you're getting next level counsel, that's going to help you to make adjustments in your life. That's going to shift your outcomes. It's going to be counsel that's not going to make you necessarily feel so good. Number four. What, what, what's at the root of this thing? Why, why, why am I always attracting toxic relationships? I don't want to do that this year. Why? Where's, what's the, it's rooted in... Um, an approach to relationships that is not in sequential order. In other words, sequential order is A, B, C, D, E. That's the sequential order of the beginnings of the alphabet. A, B, C, D, E. And there's a sequential order to approaching relationships. Relationships should go a, B, C, D, E. Relationships should not go E, A, C, D, B. But most people are approaching relationships out of sequence. And you expose yourself to toxic influences because you're approaching the process out of order. And the Bible says in Proverbs 11 and 1, a false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. There's a balance that you have to strike. You know, for instance, um, there are many of you that are trying to run a man down, and you've not given any attention to your relationship with God. There are many of you that are trying to, you want a man bad, but if I put you in a corner and ask you, now, what is your purpose? Why did the Creator put you here? What is your individual purpose? You don't know. There are many of you that are trying to run a man down, and you've not even learned to love yourself yet. In fact, the reason you're so desperate for a man is because you don't really love yourself, and somewhere in your broken consciousness, you believe that a relationship with a man is going to fix your lack of self-love and your lack of self-esteem. E A C D B. You're out of you're out of order. You got you got to learn to what? Put first things first. You see, you you cannot connect with another before you heal and center yourself. You, you all in the, in the email talking about, Bishop, how can I, I want a man this year. And then, you know, I read on down through the email and I can determine from the things you share that you still have a whole lot of healing to do. You don't need no man until you heal. You can't even make a wise decision on what kind of man you need until you heal and until you get centered you know, in your individuality, and you know why you exist. See, you don't, need, you, you don't know who you need until you know who you are. So you're out of what? You're out of order. It's, this stuff is rooted in 
an approach to relationships, relationships that is out of sequence. And I tell you, shut it down, time out, you don't need another relationship. Go, go home and do your work. Go find a therapist. Go find a counselor. Go read some books. Go get a program or something that can help enlighten you. You don't need a, a relationship right now. But that broken conscience, consciousness will have you E-A-C-D-B-H-G. <laughs> You're out of order. Number five, why, why, why are you, why are you constantly attracting and entertaining men that are toxic and destructive? It is rooted in your never defining your non-negotiable standards. You keep entering into these relationships without any non-negotiable standards. In other words, you so you you you've been so desperate for a relationship that you almost approach it like I'm so happy to have you. I, you know, whatever, what, whatever, whatever you want to do, it's fine with me. Abuse me, use me, spend my money cheat on me, whatever. And when you live your life like that from a place of desperation, it's like blood in the water. A desperate, a woman that is desperate never defines her non-negotiables. A woman that would be a wife and is wife material and is a healthy woman is a woman that at a certain point in the, in the communication makes a man understand this is as far as I'm going with this. And this is as far as you can come with that. If you're not able to do that as a woman, if you're, not able, if you're afraid to define your non-negotiable standards for fear of running him off, that, I mean, just think, just think about what I just said. You won't define your non-negotiable standards because you're afraid of running him off. It means that you really don't, you don't need to pursue him, you need to find yourself. Because all of these experiences with these situationships you're having is rooted in your never defining your non-negotiable standard. Any woman that's a wife can pretty much testify that she was a woman, a wife that really has a husband that is that is that is faithful that is doing his job as a man um, that man will be able to tell you that that woman made it clear how far she was going how far she wasn't she made it clear because a man is looking for a real man is looking for a woman that has non-negotiable standards it's hard to find today the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 37, but let your statement be yes, yes, or no, no. A firm yes or no. Anything more than that comes from the evil one. In other words, be able to say yes and mean it. Be able to say no and mean that too. And be cool with whatever the consequences are. If it means somebody got to walk out of your life because you define your non-negotiable standard. So are you going to break your non-negotiable to please this person? 
and then have to live with yourself the rest of your life? Knowing that you compromise your values and your principles? Until you, be, until you stand up and you develop enough self-awareness to define your non-negotiables, you're never going to attract, you will never attract quality men, but you will attract all of the clowns. They will sniff you out like a shark, sniffs out blood in the water, and they will begin to circle. And they will begin to circle. And you'll get one after another, after another, after another, after another. And then you'll be on the thing in the, in the feed typing, ain't no good men out here, ain't no good men out here. It's because you have not had any non-negotiable standards that you've clearly communicated. Therefore, you attract it from a low vibration. When you, when you as a woman establish your non-negotiables, you're going to attract from a higher vibration. You're going to attract a higher quality of men into your life. Now, if you do not define your limits, the world will constantly push you past your limits. And when you get off of the ride, you will not recognize yourself. So every woman should manage her life with gates. You know, don't wall yourself in. Don't wall yourself in because it means now you're a prisoner to your own experience. But rather fence yourself in and put gates. Because when you have gates to your life, it means that you can, you know, judge by the gate. You can let the right stuff in and you can lock the wrong stuff out. So every woman has to have, that's what non-negotiables are. They're gates, you know, you, you, you listen to the proposition, if it's the right stuff, you, you let it pass. If it's the wrong stuff, you lock it out. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Peter 5 and 8. When you don't have, when you don't have any non-negotiable standards, you become even spiritual prey. In 1 Peter 5 and 8 it says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may, whom he may devour. Whom may he devour? Those that do not have firm standards. And number six, it is rooted in a massive lack of self-love. This is why... You, you have continued to attract and entertain uh, toxic men that only break and humiliate you. There's a massive lack of self-love. Why do I, Bishop, why he put his hands on me? He, he took all my money out the account. He, he, he's sleeping with my best friend. Why do I continue to put up with this? You don't love yourself. You don't love when you when you love yourself, you ain't gonna put up with that. You don't love yourself. Anybody that loves him or herself is not going to allow another person to abuse you like that and you sit there. The only way to attract and enable people who do not love you is to lack the necessary self-love. 
people can only go so far in my life because I love myself too much. At a certain point, it's like, okay, time out, homie. You out of here. God bless you. See, when you love yourself, you will put safeguards and limits around your life. That's how these people keep getting into your life. You don't love yourself yet. You do not love yourself yet. And the Bible says in Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor, here it is, as thyself. On these two commandments saying, all the law and the prophets. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. What? Meaning what? You got to love God first. Then you got to learn to love you. Out of your love for God should come a self-love. And then out of your self-love, you love your neighbor as you love yourself. But there are many of you who have not learned to love you. And you're out here trying to be in love. That's why you keep falling in love rather than walking in love. Because when you love yourself, you walk in love because you need to determine if this person qualifies to love you. But it's rooted in massive, a massive lack of self-love. All right, uh, number seven. It's rooted in leading. Why do you keep attracting toxic men into your life? It is rooted in leading with your flesh rather than your spirit. Why do women lead from a sexual, you know, a sexual, sexuality position? Why is that? Why do you feel you got to, you know, show all of this and have all of this so tight and, you know, why do you have to be so provocative? You, you, are, you are leading with your flesh rather than your spirit, your brilliance, your genius, your good heart. Your godliness, you already got your tongue hanging out your mouth. You got all, you got all, you got all of these degrees on the wall, and you, are, you already got your tongue hanging out your mouth. You, you taking booty shots, and your cheek hanging out the bottom of the thing there. Come on, man. Wow. When, when you lead with your flesh, you're going to only get what the flesh produces. If a woman fishes with sex... She will rarely, if ever, catch a husband. Because husbands bite on character and virtue. You know what virtue is? It doesn't speak of, I heard Chingy teach this and it was powerful. Virtue does not speak of being virginal. You may be a woman that has had sex like most women have. You can yet be a virtuous woman. You know what? Virtuous simply means you manage your sexual life respectfully. You're not out here loose with it. You're not out here giving the impression that you're a prostitute that can be bought. Or you just a thought. Some of y'all out here casting the wrong impressions 
of yourself because because of that desperation you are leading with your flesh rather than your spirit your internals as long as you are leading with your flesh you will continue to get the products of the flesh and what are they Galatians chapter 5 in verse 19 says now the practices of the sinful nature or the flesh are clearly evident they are sexual immorality impurity sensuality totally total irresponsibility lack of self-control that's what you're projecting that's what you're going to get back Romans chapter 8 and verse 6 now the mind of the flesh is death both now and forever because it pursues sin but the mind of the spirit is life and peace the spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God both now and forever you lead you leading with all of this sex you in the flesh God ain't involved in it you say you want a husband but you can't you can't track no husband out here leading with your flesh all right now I've gotten enough trouble let me shut it down number eight and finally it's rooted in desperation you you um you continue to attract toxic men over and over and over again because you're desperate because you're desperate and you're desperate because there's a part of you that does not believe um, you're worth it there's a part of you that's afraid to wait there's a part of you that's afraid to trust God there's a part of you that has no clue who you really are and you feel like you need a relationship to define you you need a relationship to um, affirm you you need a relationship to bring value to you so you're desperate and so anything goes and the bad thing about being desperate is that you keep going through these these hoops and you get more and more and more tied up more and more and more tied up every time you go through one of these cycles with one of these so-called relationships you come away feeling even less confident you feel less valuable you're constantly being drained of your essence because you're desperate and so I say to you you know we we got to take um, we have to take some lessons from that woman that Jesus met at the well and that woman when she got to that well Jesus was waiting on her and Jesus started having a conversation with her some of you need therapy so that's what therapy is it's a conversation the second thing that Jesus did in the conversation was he started asking her questions that made her reveal the stuff that had been buried deep he started asking about her husband and she said I perceive you a prophet he says yeah because you got you've had five husbands man you got nine yours you need you need conversation that's going to get to the core of your trauma so that you you can disengage your triggers when Jesus got through with that woman she her issues were that she had horrible relationships with men she was rejected over and over and over again when Jesus got through with her I think I really think it's a biblical um, therapy session myself 
when Jesus got through with her, the same woman dropped the water pots that she brought to get water from the well, and she ran into the city, and she had the courage and the boldness and the strength and the self-awareness and the self-assurance and self-love enough to say to the men, come see a man. What, what dominated her, she took authority over. And that needs to be your aim for 2022. That you're going to have the necessary conversations to get to the core of what's driving you until you get to a point of freedom and deliverance where you can face the very thing that has manipulated and managed and controlled you. You can face it eye to eye and take authority over it in Jesus' name. Hope you got something out of this today. Father, I thank you for this word that you've given me to share with your daughters, your men, your women, your sons. And now, Father, my prayer is that you will move upon them with your holy presence and take these words and cause these words to be sealed in their hearts and let change come, let transformation happen in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Now listen, <clears throat> don't forget to go by my website, rcblakes.com. Sign up for my mailing list while you're there. Check out my online programs. Great time to start one of those programs the beginning of the year. Um, also, uh, don't forget to go to Amazon and pick up any or all of my books this year. As well as those of you that may need counseling. We have a relationship with BetterHelp Counseling, and there's a link in the description for BetterHelp Counseling. If you hit that link, it'll afford you 10% off of the cost of their counseling, and they in turn for the referral, referral will make a deposit into RSC Blake's ministry. So if that's something you need this year, check out BetterHelp Counseling. Uh, I want to thank all of you that have sown into our lives. Lisa and I love you with everything that's in us. And we thank God for you. We do not take you lightly. We appreciate you. And um, just want you to know you're on top and you're going higher. God has more in store for you. So guess what? We will see you at the top. Happy New Year. God bless you. We here at R.C. Blake's Ministries want to thank you for spending this time with us today. R.C. and Lisa are always honored to have you with us. Don't forget to reach out to us by visiting our website at www.rcblakes.com. While you are there, you may join our mailing list and receive a free download of the Laws of Manifesting Your Vision by R.C. Blakes. Also look at all of the online programs by R.C. You may find all books written by R.C. and Lisa. Once again, all of us here at R.C. Blake's Ministries want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And as we always say, see you at the top. Have you ever wondered what it will be like to be mentored and taught by R.C. and Lisa? To be a part of an exclusive group with opportunities to ask questions to R.C. directly? there is a program called Mordecai Mission. It may be the opportunity you're looking for. 
Mordecai is a 12-week program conducted on Zoom by RC and Lisa. The program is named Mordecai because it was Mordecai who mentored Esther into her reign as queen. RC has been called the King of Queens. His passion for empowering women is like that of Mordecai. The program is for women seeking spiritual and emotional healing as well as a sense of purpose and a return to self-love. It's biblically based and spiritually empowered. It is roughly an hour of teaching done by RC. It then moves into Q&A. The program is based on three pillars. One, inner healing. Two, self-discovery. And three, self-development. The program runs for 12 weeks straight. Meetings are at the same time every weekend. The meetings are about 90 minutes to two hours. To be a part of the next group, go to www.rcblakes.com and register. Seats are limited. Pray about it. And if you feel a witness in your heart, don't procrastinate. Go ahead and register.